Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Lior Samfiru is uh, one of this country's foremost employment lawyers. Samfiru Tamarkin LLP with offices in Toronto, in Ottawa, in Calgary and in Vancouver. How are you, Lior? I am doing great, Roy. Thank you for having me on. Uh, if you hear background noise, and I'm sure that you do, I just want to assure the uh, the Prime Minister and everyone who's in a position of authority that I am not sitting in a jet that is taxiing to or from a terminal. My neighbor just decided, and these are the vagaries of life with COVID, my neighbor decided this would be an excellent time to start duct cleaning. And so this racket that you're hearing is going to be going on for a while, so please Excuse us, and um, it is what it is. It's COVID. Uh, great to have you with us, and I hope you can hear me over the racket. I can. No worries. Okay. So uh, can we just begin with uh, with just the fundamentals of what we know about the situation which involved the now former Governor General? Do you believe this 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 story, this these developments, will have an impact on behaviors in the workplace? And then I'll ask you about what might happen in the private workplace. Well, I, I think that uh, a lot of workplaces have understood and figured out that, that workplace harassment is inappropriate. The workplace harassment is the type of behavior that an employer must deal with and, and cannot allow to happen. And because of that, workplaces have very strict policies, number one, preventing harassment, but more importantly, uh, as to how they would be dealing, how they would deal with any allegations of harassment, you know, who you report to, what that person does, who comes in to investigate, the fact that you cannot be penalized or punished in any way, shape, or form if you are being mistreated. And I think what's happened with uh, the Governor General will reinforce the importance of having these mechanisms, and hopefully it'll send a message to those uh, in Ottawa that they have to do the same. Uh, that, that's the hope. Yeah, and Leo, it also places an emphasis, does it not, on the significance and the importance of properly vetting employees? Well, absolutely. An employer does have a, a duty and an obligation uh, to keep its employees safe. And it's, it starts with who do you entrust to manage the employees and the obligation that you have to ensure that they're safe uh, and that you take all precautions to protect them. And I do think that, in, in theory, the employees who were affected by the governor general, who may have incurred emotional distress, may not just have a claim uh, against her for what, what she's done, but potentially a claim in negligence against the government for not vetting her, for not being responsible, for, for not actually fulfilling its obligations to do whatever is possible to ensure that these individuals are protected. So I, 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 something tells me we haven't heard the last of this yet. Yeah, and I think my neighbor has been very kind to turn off the, uh, the duct cleaning uh, system that they hired. I'll have to thank them and get them something, a little gift later. Had, uh, had Julie Payette worked for a private company, Lior, 
Would the investigation have taken so long? Do you think it would have gone more quickly, or does it depend on the organization, and perhaps sometimes, rightly or wrongly, where the person fits into the organization? Well, I, I certainly can tell you, and, and you don't need me to say this, that governments are not known for acting swiftly. Uh, in the public sector, certainly an investigation like this uh, would have been more efficient, more streamlined, <laughs> frankly, cost less, uh, and, and it would have reached some serious conclusions. One of the things that jumped out at me is that there's really not even any conclusions uh, reached by the investigator here that's like, here's what we've been told. Uh, I, I think that the government uh, didn't properly address even this from an investiga- investigative standpoint. But in the private sector, there would be swift investigation because speed does matter. We have to ensure that employees are protected, that we don't have a, a bad manager, a, a bad boss you know, running rampant. So, uh, yes, this would have been dealt with much more swiftly in the, in the private sector, no doubt about it. Is there a clearly defined expectation of behavior in the private sector? Is there a, a right across the board, or does it depend on the individual organization and the rules and the bylaws they have in place? Certainly, any, every organization is, is free to make its own rules within reason. I mean, we, you can't have a rule that says uh, you, you should expect to be put down and yelled at and called names. Of course not. There has to be all within a, a reasonable uh, uh, type of conduct, although within that reasonable type of conduct, uh, any organization can establish its own rules as to what is acceptable and what is not. But the base rule that every organization has to follow is that an employee is not going to be subject to a poison work environment. They're not going to be put in a situation where their mental health is, is being disturbed, where they're intimidated, where they're bullied. Those are good starting points. And within that framework, an employer can absolutely have more stricter rules as to what can be done and what cannot be done. And a smart employer does its job to define those terms in well-articulated policies, policies that then goes on to train its employees on. So, Lior, let's assume that we have some people listening to this program right now across the network who are in an environment, and maybe it's changed because of COVID, maybe the environment isn't as friendly and as cooperative as it was, and they find themselves in a situation where they believe and they feel quite strongly they're being treated unfairly and inappropriately, and maybe this situation with the Governor General just drives the point home for them. What do you advise that person to do? So first of all, it is absolutely necessary that you bring this issue up to, to, to someone's attention. HR, the owners, whoever the appropriate person, knowing that you cannot be punished or penalized in any way for doing that. A lot of people are afraid that there's going to be some repercussion, some reprisal against them for bringing these allegations. That would be illegal. You have this, I call it the dome of protection around you if you raise these allegations. You you raise these allegations with whatever supporting information you have, and then the onus shifts to the employer to take it seriously. It starts with that conduct an investigation, determine what happened, and then ultimately do whatever is necessary to fix that problem. So employees should, despite what we've heard with the Governor General, have that confidence in their employer that they will take it seriously as they're obliged to do. So that is always a good uh, starting point. Don't suffer silently, assuming that there's nothing you can do. There absolutely is something that you can, and I would say must do. Now, where does Samfiru Tumarkin enter the picture? Where would, where would you be the person, who, the next person that this employee would need to get in touch with? So, you know, what I've just said is kind of what I call uh, dealing with something internally. So you've, you've 
try to deal with something internally, you've raised these issues. If despite what I said, your employer is not taking it seriously, not investigating, uh, not rectifying the problem, that's when we have to deal with it externally, which is where uh, you know a, a lawyer such as myself comes in. We can then force the issue with the employer. We could potentially take legal action that allows the employee to leave the workplace with compensation. We call that a constructive dismissal. So we engage those legal remedies. But the preference, of course, is if you are able to resolve it internally, that is always best. If you have to go externally, that's fine as well. So in the private sector, if you had a position of really significant uh, importance in a company, and you had worked out a very detailed and, and complicated contract, and you find yourself in a situation where you're being dismissed for inappropriate behavior. And I, in my uh, commentary at RoyGreenShow.com, and you'll also find it on GlobalNews.ca, I pointed to certain uh, situations, both in the private and public sector, where this has happened. If this were in the private sector, and it's somebody at the highest levels of a corporation, and they were found to uh, have experienced or carried out an equivalency, to the accusations directed toward Julie Payette, followed by a damning report. Again, this would be a private company. Would a resignation with a golden parachute follow, or would it be a cardboard box and an elevator ride to the sidewalk? Uh, Roy, that's probably the easiest question you've, you've asked me today. That, that, that is absolutely clear. There would be no golden parachute, golden handshake. Uh, it's out you go. No, no other obligations would follow from that. Even though, strictly speaking, she resigned, of course, that's a situation where she knew the alternative is to be terminated for cause. So in the private sector, there would be no compensation. There would be no ongoing benefits. There would be no annuities that, that she would get. That is strictly a creature of a statute that applies here, uh, and that would absolutely not fly in any way, shape, or form in the private sector. And final question for you, Lior. How much or how frequently, how significantly, does inappropriate behavior within a corporation, within a company, within employment uh, situations, how often does it factor into uh, situations where you would become engaged? Well, you know, up until a number of years ago, the, there, there was not a lot of discussion about workplace harassment. People were afraid to talk about it. Uh, people were afraid to, to do something about it. And in more recent years, of course, we've had more open discussions about these issues. So people have reached out, uh, have asked questions about how to deal with harassment. You know, is this really harassment? So I spend a lot of time uh, trying to guide people through that situation, advise them, and, of course, if needed, uh, engage the legal remedies available so that they can get out of that toxic work environment. Unfortunately, Roy, it does happen uh, more often than we'd like to think. So remind us, please, and I ask you each time we, uh, you and I have a conversation on the air, how can people who may be listening to this program right now or who are listening to this program right now and feel they have a need to contact you, how do they do that? Uh, I could easily be reached best way to do that is through employmentlawyer.ca employmentlawyer.ca all the contact information there a lot of other information about employment law great place to start if you want to hear more subscribe to the roy green show on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you find your favorites and if you like what you hear leave us a review and tell a friend i'm roy green have a great weekend 